pinch up the dinosaur, Daddy. Oh, my God, that tastes so good. Hello and welcome to Bitecast, the podcast serving up the freshest and tastiest of food-related banter. Please take a seat and grab a drink as you are in for a treat. I'm Brendan White, your head chef for this evening, and can be often found raiding pantries or on the socials at Brendan8Bit. And my sous chef for this episode is a man of many talents. He's the creator of Pario Magazine and the Commentary Booth podcast, as well as the editor of Alt Media, and one of the biggest professional wrestling fans I personally know. You can find this gentleman on the socials at Jamie Apps Media, or one word, Jamie Apps. Welcome to the kitchen. What's cooking, my friend? Yeah, plenty of stuff in the magazine world. It's kind of the busiest it's been ever, I think, at the moment. So we're booked out through April, most of May already, so crazy times god that's fantastic it's certainly a good problem to have right oh yeah yeah I'm, i'd much prefer that than scrambling last minute to fill things in <laughs> very true indeed very true indeed so you touched on the on the magazine world maybe maybe give the listeners a bit of a elevator pitch on on who you are what you do and uh, where they can find you uh so i'm jamie apps i started in the newspaper world and then Sort of covering the Sydney art scene wasn't quite enough for me, so I decided to take on more work for myself. Created <laughs> Pario Magazine, which we cover basically anybody that's in sort of the creative world, whether that's wrestling, music, acting. Uh, I've had ballet dancers on there recently as well. So it's basically talking to them about their journey and what drives their desire to create their particular art form. It's it's a great magazine and obviously formerly known as uh, Jam Mag from back in the day, but uh, a recent recent branding or rebranding, you could say, in the last, what was it, 12 to 18 months, I think, you've, you've shifted across to Pario? Uh, 12. So the upcoming March issue, which is our annual International Women's Month issue, is our 12-month anniversary. Nice, nice. That's awesome. And, and how, how's sort of the best way for potential readers of the magazine to find you and uh, subscribe to the mag? Uh, so the easiest thing is the website, pariomagazine.com.au. Everything goes up there. Uh, slightly delayed. If you want to get it early, then it's uh, patreon.com forward slash media, And you can get the articles early or you can get the physical printed edition shipped directly to you. Nice, man. Nice. No, it's, it's a good read. And, and yeah, there's a lot of uh, infotainment in there. There's some really interesting stories that you tell in there and, and just some little factoids and even just the interviews you have with from people from all walks of life. It's it's really insightful stuff. Thank you. Yeah, I think I've, I've tried to sort of be pretty broad with it. So it covers a lot of people's interests. And yeah, we've had yourself, John O'Peck. Uh, and then most recently, I think our biggest one has been Neil Patrick Harris, was in the in the January issue. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Was it was he a pleasure to interview? Like uh, you know, you don't have to spoil it or you want to maintain some professional courtesy, but uh how was he to to sort of do the interview with and sit down and chat to? Oh, he was fantastic. Um and then yeah, like I recently spoke to who else did I speak to? Um Darren Hayes, who's recently sort of come back in the music world. I spoke to him and we were only supposed to have fifteen minute window and ended up speaking for half an hour. So that's great. That's great. Did you ask him about uh, any Chicka Cherry Cola by chance? 
<laughs> no, I didn't. I should have. Knowing this podcast was <laughs> one of the up. greatest lines in in music of all time. I I adore that track, and obviously it's the song that uh, put them on on the map, really. But uh, sadly, there, there's going to be no uh, Chicka Cherry Cola. Oh, there might be. Who knows? That could be one of your guilty pleasures. Who knows? But uh, yeah, regarding these one-on-one episodes of Bitecast. The way these ha- these uh, episodes unfold is we've got four primary topics or questions that Jamie has been vetted on, so he's had some time to prepare some answers on those. And in between the the, se- the second and third questions, we've got a shoot from the hip segment where there's a assortment of questions that uh, are going to come your way that you haven't had any time to prep for. So you're just going to have to shoot from the hip and uh, you know aim true and tell us uh, what's in that heart of yours that first comes to mind when you hear those questions. But have you got any... Questions, comments, concerns, or should we jump into uh, question number one and uh, get this thing rolling? Uh, no, like I've said, I've listened to the, the previous episode, so I'm ready to dive right in when you are. Nice, nice. So listeners, uh, we'll try our best to get this episode to you finished in 30 minutes or less. If that's not the case, fear not, because you're going to get this episode for free. So you're going to win either way. But question number one, Jamie, what food-related item or dish would you compare yourself to and why? Uh, so for this one, I went with a drink, went with my favorite beverage, coffee. And uh, I sort of fair, chose fair. that because it's one of those flexible flexible drinks that you can have in a variety of ways and everyone has their, their version of coffee that they enjoy, uh, which I think sort of fits in with my creative endeavors. But mm-hmm. also, I, I think it fit me mostly because I tend to be rather anxious about certain things, so... I figured, hey, if you drink enough coffee, you can be just like me. <laughs> so so coffee is the embodiment of yourself in a way. And as you said, like it comes in a whole host of flavors and strengths. So yeah, you can sort of be more aggressive when the time comes or passive and softer depending on the situation or the circumstance. So I guess, I guess you've got a little bit of flexibility in that regard where you're adaptable for any occasion. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, I have been told that I have quite the temper. As in my younger years, I think I've settled down a bit, but yeah. I guess I guess you'd say that'd be like a uh, triple shot or something. That when it's when it's the temper, the Jamie temper, it's the triple shot. But then, yeah, if you're, uh, you know, you you can be uh, you can be found on the hotter days. So if if you need to sort of work into those situations, a bit of an iced coffee when you're on those colder mornings. Yeah, you can be that nice uh, long black with just that pure heat. And uh, yeah, everyone loves coffee, so uh, that's that's a nice trait to have as well. Yep. Oh, yeah, nearly like, everybody. More people love coffee than hate it, so I think that's a win, right? Yeah, like even my friends that used to hate coffee have slowly come around to it eventually. So I think sort of with age, you get more and more sleepy and I think coffee becomes your friend. That's it. That's it. So, so uh, yeah, and, and that's it. You can be sweet. You can be strong. You can be bitter. You, you can be, uh, yeah, very... Very, uh, you know, it can adjust depending on the requirements. So uh, it's good to know that you, uh, yeah, you're not sort of a round hole fitting into a square peg. You can just, uh, yeah, adjust and strengthen or weaken that coffee for the for the requirements. So I like that. I like that. And yeah, coffee's delicious. So uh, I think you win in there. All right, the next question: What's your guilty pleasure or pleasures if you have multiple? So this one is one that I probably don't eat as often as I would think, but especially in the last couple of years where sort of restaurants, dining out has kind of been off off the board. But if I go somewhere and they have Oysters Kilpatrick on the menu, I'm getting it no matter what I'm having, either an entree or getting it as a main, but it's always getting ordered and always going to be on that plate, on that table somewhere. 
Interesting. See, I'm I'm an anti oyster guy, but I know many people are now yourself as well that love them. So I, I get the the appeal. Uh, do you, do you ever have them sort of fresh or or sort of just um you know just straight shucked out of the out of the shell, or do you have to have them with that uh, Worcestershire sauce and the the bacon to get that flavour? I have had them once or twice as natural and. It it does the job, but I, the oysters kill Patrick. Just uh, takes it to that next level, and if it's there, I have to have it. And I've found it has been done in multiple different ways too. Sometimes the the sauce is more leaning black barbecue and is sweet, which not the biggest fan of. I really do prefer mm-hmm. the traditional Worcestershire sauce, bacon, salty, real salty side of it. Yeah, they're they're certainly an acquired taste, but um. Yeah, the the majority of the world loves them and adores them, and uh, apparently they've got a bit of an aphrodisiac quality to them as well. So if you need to be a little bit more loving of an evening, you know, maybe ram down a, a dozen oysters or so. On on the oyster front, how many do you think you could eat without being sick? Oh, probably a surprising amount. Like a dozen is nothing for me. Like I can do a dozen pretty easily. I think two would be pushing the limits though. Two dozen, yeah, that's that's still a good a good uh, it's a good chunk, a good amount, a good amount. Like I remember watching Man vs Food back in the day, and Adam Richman, I think I can't remember if it was two hundred or three hundred, like collectively, not dozen, but I remember watching him eat somewhere in the realm of two hundred to three hundred at one of those food challenges, and that is nightmare fuel for me. Like trying to suck down two hundred of those slimy little buggers sounds like hell on earth. Oh yeah. I- I suppose it also depends on how big they are. Like some places you go to and they are gigantic and then others, they're really small. So they're very, very varied in the the size and texture and everything. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Any any other guilty pleasure you'd like to share? Uh, Probably the most unhealthy one is the soft drink. Like I have Coke right now. So there's always... Man, that's that full strength too, I see. Yes, there's always a case of coke in the fridge or some form of soft drink so i i've done the old amazon subscri- subscribe and save so we get a 30 pack of coke every month delivered directly to the door never have to go to the shops that's that's far too convenient is there a flavor of soft drink that you are just against like is there something that you'll never drink like i'm a i'm a very anti dr pepper type of guy is is there a certain Soft drink out there that is just the devil? Uh, sarsaparilla and root beer. Yeah, root beer sucks. It's so many people so like it and it's so bad. <laughs> when I went to the US, I was like, I got to get the, I got to get root beer at least once. And I had two sips. I was like, I'm going to get a Coke because that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not a good time. And I don't understand why people enjoy it and harp on it so much, but each to their own, each to their own. All right, so that uh, wraps up the first two questions of the pod. Let's jump across to this. All right, so as the brothers Osborne are saying there, we are shooting from the hip, but we are asking the questions now as opposed to later. So the first one, I'm going to shuffle the deck a little bit here and say, who is your professional wrestler? They can be past or present. Who's your professional wrestler that's your favorite? Who who owns a piece of your heart? Ooh, um... Probably at the moment, Daniel Bryan, or Bryan Danielson, as he's now known in AEW. 
he was sort mm -hmm. of that guy that introduced me to independent wrestling and that's where i re-found that that passion and love of wrestling sort of when he was the the american dragon are we talking uh yeah through yeah ring of honor i found him the brian danielson versus i think samoa joe that match in ring of honor I was like wow this is this is not wwe wrestling this is something totally different and then that's when i re-found that love because like a lot of people high school came around and i fell out of wwe or i think it was still wwf in those days and then when i found independent wrestling I was like, okay i'm all back in now and then AEW has since come along and that's kind of in between of the production yeah. values but with that independent flair yeah it's it's a really good happy medium like it's it's a shame for for me being a long time wwe formerly wwf fan to see how much it has fallen from a quality standpoint like aesthetically and visually it still looks stunning as far as the bright lights and the video packages but like the writing's bad they cut all their good wrestlers or they want them to be yeah entertainers or superstars and, and take the heart and soul out of so many talented males and females out there so it's nice <laughs> to see AEW on the ascension and seeing yeah um brian danielson i guess uh have a bit of a renaissance in his career like he was medically retired for a while there and came back for a bit now he's actually been able to do what he does best and and wrestle for the for the for the global audience there at AEW. oh yeah like that run that he had when he first joined AEW was something to behold um and yeah even just the way wwe films their stuff now is really like discouraging like they with the constant camera cuts and shaky cameras i was like this is actually like making me feel kind of sick watching some of these spots. Yeah, it's it's very aggressive. And, and I don't know if that's equal parts because they have so many young, inexperienced people on telly now. So maybe they're just doing all these cuts to miss some of the miscues and the botched movesets and things. But yeah, it just makes me sad. As a, as a WWF fan, like Mick Foley's always been one of my my faves from when i was a little one all the way through and thinking of where that sort of attitude era was into now it's it's yeah very sad sad fall from from grace that's for sure oh yeah and i think all right sort of the only reason i watch wwe now is because of the australians that are there so rhea ripley grayson waller steph berger parotta geez that's one still mm -hmm. hard to get over and yeah, Indy yeah. Hartwell, they're the, they're the people I sort of tune in for now and that's kind of it. Yeah, and, and even that's upsetting. Like, obviously, the Iconics have now jumped across to, to Impact, which is great, but seeing them get no real traction there and even Rhea Ripley, like, getting getting that mania moment and everything else and now she's just fodder for a lot of the time. Obviously, she's in the, the chamber in, in a couple of weeks' time, but she could be the next big thing and they just keep mishandling all their potential stars, but... Yep. It is what it is. Um, something that also is what it is, is delicious, and that's ice cream. So I wanted to know, what is your favorite flavor of ice cream? So traditional vanilla, but if it's a paddle pop, then it has to be banana. But just okay. out of, out of okay. the tub, it's... just traditional vanilla. Can't beat, can't beat a classic vanilla. Vanilla is delicious, and it's satisfying. It's not overly sweet, and you can mix in anything and not really ruin the flavor, right? Yep. Yeah. That's, that's the key. It's you can, if you feel like caramel topping, you put caramel topping on, if you feel like chocolate, chuck chocolate on there. 
what is sprinkles milo you can you can put anything with vanilla and it, it works well 100 it's it's the perfect ice cream base to build off all right so the next question what's your favorite flavor of chips or crisps if some of the audience knows them as that uh so do doritos count because i am a Dorito i think so fan. i think so i i'm a sucker for doritos as well so what's what's your go-to doritos flavor uh, just the the red packet. I think it's just the oh the, the cheese supreme. Yeah, just the just yeah, the standard the one. Best. Yeah, you you cannot beat that at all, and they are perfectly accompanied by a nice cold can of Coke. So, this next question, it's maybe it's not really a question. It's probably a throwaway, but I'm gonna have to ask anyway. Coke or Pepsi? I assume we probably already know the answer from a previous unveil in this episode. Oh yeah, definitely Coke. Um, if a restaurant only has Pepsi, I will I I'll deal with it, but. Yeah, definitely Coke if there's the option. Have you ever in a restaurant situation when you say, yeah, I'll have a Coke and they're like, oh, we only have Pepsi. Is that okay? Have you sort of done the smarky reply where you're like, not really, but I'll have it anyway. Like the passive aggressive, yeah, fine. I think I've done it once just because it, I wasn't in a great mood that day, but yeah, most of the time I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll do, whatever. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right. The the last part of Shoot From Hip, it's a two-parter. So the first part of the question is, what's your favorite fast food chain? And we're going to be talking about anything that's nationally recognized, internationally recognized. We want to try and avoid the the local shops, not not poo-pooing on the, 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 the takeaway shop around the corner. It's just we want something that the listeners can uh, comprehend and also go, yeah, I've been there. And that's, I agree or I disagree. And then the second part of this question is, what's your go-to order from said fast food chain? Okay, so this one might come as a bit of a surprise, but since it has recently came and opened near me, Taco Bell has jumped to the top of the list. Really? Okay. Yeah. When when they opened, I was having Taco Bell at least once a week, if not twice, and the grilled stuffed pork burrito, incredible. I, I loved that thing. Damn, okay. Like, it's still... They're still on the comeback here in Australia. Like they're not everywhere, the old Taco Bells just yet. They're, but there's, I'd say there's a few dozen maybe around the country now again. Like I think they're still aggressively putting in new stores. And for for low cost, run of the mill Mexican food, you can't really beat it. Like it's it's pretty cost competitive. The food you get is of a good size and the flavors are good. Mm. Like as all the memes and the internet gifts go, like Taco Bell does shred me very, very quickly. Like it goes in and out of me when I'm five bites through the burrito already, <laughs> but like, I still don't regret it. I'll still eat some Taco Bell. So that, that burrito you mentioned, that's your go-to order? Yeah. And surprisingly, I didn't have the issue of it going straight through me. So I'm really happy with that. But yeah, the grilled stuffed pork burrito, top of the list. And I think because they had a drive-through, that sort of bumped them above Guzman and Gomez and Zambrero because those were just in the supermarket, or not supermarket, the, the shopping center. So Taco Bell yep, was easy, yep. drive in, drive through, done. You want that convenience. But yeah, Taco Bell, it's it's good times. Like it's still not as cheap as it in America. Like you can go to a, a Taco Bell in America with like 20 bucks and probably feed six people. But like <laughs> over here, it's still still pretty competitive. And, and if you want something that, that tastes good and yeah, may or may not... Uh, clean you out if you're feeling a little bit blocked up or you've got insides like me bit of taco bell will get you regular that's for sure all right okay. but that brings us to the end of all right so we're going to jump into topical question number three and jamie i'd like to know what are your weird food habits or if you've only got one 
Uh, but yeah, feel free to share as many or as little as you'd like. But what's your weird food habits? So yeah, this one I've been told quite often is weird. I won't eat tomatoes, but I love tomato soup. I love tomato sauce and I love bolognese. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's unpack this a little bit. So cooked or fresh tomatoes, like any type of tomato that's not, I guess, mixed in with something else. Like if it's a round tomato or a cherry tomato, you can just chuck that in and have a chomp. No, no. And the slices of tomato on a sandwich. Yeah chunks of tomato but in taco bell i will happily eat the salsa like i'm weird yeah, i know it's little, very little... weird <laughs> even, even i, I, I know this though, is like, weird I'm, it's it's weird and, and we've all got our food quirks like i i love potato but i cannot stand mashed potato i'll eat potato potato in every other way but mashed potato get in the bin so oh, I, no. I get where you're coming from and tomato like my my sister hates tomato so but of all kinds she won't have tomato soup Actually, no, she'll have bolognese. Maybe she's on a... I'm going to have to ask her after this if she's similar mindset where she'd eat it sort of tomato soups and things, but yeah, not just pieces of tomato or cherry tomato. I think it's... Is the, it the flavor? Like, is it like, have you eaten them fresh and it's just the flavor's too strong, too acidic or... I think it's the texture of like the seeds and the, the flesh around the seeds. Like in the, in the salsa that you get in Taco Bell, it's kind of just like the harder firmer outer edge of the tomato you don't get that mushy inside bit and i think yeah, that's I the bit the that kind you're of, talking about that's the bit that kind of just makes my mouth just cringe <laughs> okay so so if i'm ever making a salad and I, I sort of just use the outer layer of the tomato there's a chance you might give it a go but if there's any of that sort of yeah the sort of translucent seedy inside bit you don't want to borrow that no thank you yeah, I used to take a tomato to school in my lunchbox as a kid and eat it like an apple at lunch. I love tomatoes. That's that's almost as weird as my dad, who did that with onions. What? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, tell tell me this story. What do you mean? He, like, he eats onions like a tomato or like, or like an apple? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he used to. Uh, my nan would be cooking something and have her peeled onions sitting there ready to slice up, and he would just pick it up and start eating and munching away. Wow. Okay. Each their own. You know, we've, we've all got our, our little food quirks. Yeah, I have no idea how, but he did it and God bless him. I don't know how. That's it. That's it. Like, it, it is a strong taste too. Onion, it, it sort of slaps you around the face the second you bite in. And to be going back to that again and again, that's that's a lot. All right. So have you got any other weird food habits you'd want to share with us? Um, I don't think so. I think that's probably about it. I think that's probably the weirdest one. Okay, that's fair. I like that though. It's yeah, it's the the logic that the the brain and the taste buds sort of operate on just doesn't make a whole lot of sense sometimes, does it? Where it's like I'll eat it in ninety five percent of ways, but that other five percent, no way, never, never will, never have. But uh, yeah, yeah it just means more tomatoes for me. All right, the the last question of this episode is: What's your favorite food? So if you're looking down at a plate at a table right now and your favorite dish is staring up at you. What is this dish? Describe it to us and also let us know why it's your favorite. Uh, so again, it's on the seafood front and it's garlic prawns. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, I'm in. So like, again, a very versatile little dish. They can be in like a risotto, just alone, just on a plate in like a creamy sauce. You can put them on a pizza. You can have them in pasta. Garlic prawns. I will just eat 
bucket loads of them. They're, they're something that I don't know if I could eat 200 or 300 of them, but I could eat a lot of them too. Like it, it's it's my favorite way to have a prawn by a mile, like mm -hmm. a, a cooked, maybe on the barbie or something with some garlic butter or whatever else. Or if it's not, yeah, as you said, finished in like a creamy garlic sauce, like there's not much better on this earth to eat. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, and in particular in the risotto, yeah, I, I've eaten plates and plates of garlic prawn risotto. <laughs> Have you got like a weird thing with prawns where maybe you don't like them fresh, but you'll eat them cooked or masked in ingredients like that? Or are you a bit of a, you'll happily skin a, skin a prawn or shell a prawn and then Thousand Island and just chomp away? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll chomp away at them like Christmas when you've got the, just the plate of prawns in front of you. Yeah. I'm just sitting there eating those all day until they're gone. It's a tradition, isn't it? The old prawns at Christmas time. Yep. Yeah. There's no, there's no worried about leftover prawns at the end of Christmas day. They're all gone. You wouldn't want to leave any over too because the price on them just keeps going up and up and up. The the per kilo dollar rate on them is absolutely bonkers. But you know what? Supply and demand, I guess, right? Yep. Yeah, and like and the garlic ones, you can put them on steak as well. Like, so good. Yeah. So, yeah, so a little good. steak topper. Yum. I'm getting a bit drooly around the sides of my mouth now thinking about these things. I love, love, love garlic prawns. And yeah, like they can accompany anything. They can be side dish they can sit on top of a main or it can be like its own thing in a pasta or a type of risotto and they're just the best i haven't had garlic prawns in ages now and now i want them really bad oh yeah i'm probably gonna have do you to cook get much them. do you cook them at home a lot um i've done the the risotto thing a few times um but that's probably the, the my favorite way to cook them at home but yeah if i'm at a restaurant and it's an option as the the topper for a steak or if they have a garlic prawn pasta or something i'm gonna get those so i think this friday at darts this week i'm gonna be garlic prawning it up yum yum so are you gonna have them as a steak topper yeah i think so i think they only do them on a, as a steak topper at the club nice and as, as far as the steak discussion goes i guess it's like an impromptu shoot from the hip how do you have your steak like what's your preferred cut of meat and also like your your cook cook level uh so i love the either the sirloin or the porterhouse and medium Okay. Okay. I'm happy. Happy you didn't say well done. Medium, bit too much for me. But like, yeah, anyone that says like the well done, or you find them people like I want it burnt. You know, I want it overcooked. It's like you're ruining a good piece of meat doing that, good sir. What What's wrong with you? You might as well just get the cheap cut and eat some boot leather. Yeah. Did Did you grow up as a kid? When uh, like the family having steak for dinner, and that's how the steak would always come, just overcooked. Like there was nothing pink left in it. It was just cooked and tough and uncomfortable. Oh, yep. Yeah. And then all the steak was put into the one pan at the same time and it all just kind of stewed and went gray. And ugh. but now yeah. if, if we have steak, I cook mine, my mum cooks hers, my brother cooks his, it's all separate. Nobody's cooking it, getting it all cooked at nice. once. That's it. Cause it's a science and it's, it's a very uh, specialized art to cook a good steak and, yeah, we all like them a little bit different. And uh, that's the great thing with a good steak too, is you can get so many different flavors and textures depending on how you cook it and whatever cut it is. So, God, I'm so hungry. It is It is dinner. Oh, another offshoot question. Have you had dinner yet? Yes, I'm an early dinner eater. And then okay. I kind of have a, a late snack too, which is probably not great for the waistline, but I, I'll, I'll eat anything. 
Nice. Yeah. I, I haven't had dinner yet. So it's it's running through my mind as we record this as to far as as far as what I should should be eating. I know I need to probably eat something healthy, but uh we'll see. That could be famous last words there. I'm <laughs> maybe just gonna door dash or Uber Eats and, and regret it later. But uh yeah, it's what it is. Maybe maybe I'll see if there's a Taco Bell in earshot and get some get one of those recommended burritos and uh ride that train. Oh, hundred percent. If there is a Taco Bell within delivery distance, go go for it. All right, I'll see what I can do. But uh, that brings us to the end of another one-on-one episode of Bytecast. Thank you so much, Jamie, for jumping on here and uh, sharing some food stories and some guilty pleasures and everything else in between. Is there anything you wanted to say or mention before we close down this kitchen for another episode? Uh, no, I just want to say thank you for having me on. And yeah, I really enjoy this this podcast. It's a very fun way to sort of meet different creatives in the industry. Like I, I love this idea. Yeah, it's 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 been really enjoyable. Like as you said, like it's it's very unlike the the stuff that I've been doing primarily in that gaming pop culture space, but it's good because it's it's a universal thing that most people love, so it's easy to have a chat and get some cool insight on on unique thought processes and guilty pleasures and um yeah, onwards and upwards as far as the podcast. Got plenty more episodes to to come. So uh, yeah, listeners, if you want to maybe get involved and jump on, hit me up on them socials at Brendan 8-Bit. Hit Jamie up at Jamie Apps Media on them socials. Obviously, patreon.com forward slash Jamie Apps Media if you wanted to support Barrio from a monthly subscription level and get early access to the magazine as well as some other fantastic perks there. Uh, follow 8-Bit as a whole at We Are 8-Bit. If you can rate, review, subscribe, Bytecast as well as the commentary booth, as well as all the other podcasts you listen to on the regular. Costs no money, takes no time. Help keep those emotional lights on in our hearts. If you want to throw some money our way, obviously ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8 bits. But listeners, the kitchen is now closed, so please sit at your tab, tip your waiter, and be safe. Much love, and stay hungry. Stay hungry.